Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. Welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, joined with my co-host, Mr. Cornell George. How are you today, sir? I am very good. Ready for tomorrow's training. Sunday's all wrapped up. Yeah. Weekend seemed to have gone good. And yes. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Now, now, do you usually train on Sundays? I squat every single day. Yes. So this- I know we... We, we said uh, Marco Polo and you were talking about, you don't know if you'd count a squat day as, as training. Yeah. Um, I personally don't really count it as training. I think it's good if you have a home gym to get in the garage and just move the bar. Totally. I also like just hitting a single squat. I do it at 400 pounds every single day or yeah. more. Yeah. And it's more of a, you, you know it's coming, so then you start thinking about it. You start getting your body warm and you just lay on the couch all day. You're like, oh, I got to move my knees a little bit. I got to do a little stretching here and there just to make sure it happens. Yeah. I like that. I mean, you know, I was, um, I've attempted it many times and I've gotten to a couple different numbers in days of, of consistency and I've dropped off always. And, uh, my biggest thing is that I'm, um, I'm so, uh, I, I guess paranoid that I'm going to create an injury, but I just got to remember to keep on moving. And like you, you have a good uh, like thing that you say like, well, if you, if you hurt yourself, then do a box squat or, you know, do air squats or still squat every day. I mean, it, it's, it makes sense. I, I felt really strong when I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, I, when I did it, I cut out all extra squatting. Like I didn't do any program squats from the program I was kind of loosely following at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I literally just hit a 400 pound squat or more every, every day. day. Didn't matter if it was front squat, back squat, low bar, high bar, box squat. I uh, didn't quarter squat or overhead squat because I, I can't overhead squat 400 pounds because I haven't done that before. <laughs> but it would count. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely count. And it would be pretty damn cool if you did. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, um, dude, uh, so... I've been, this is going to be a bit of a, a, an interesting show because I've been hearing some things said in our, our little social group and, and, uh, there was one thing that's been said a couple times. Um, and it's, uh, how do I put this? I've heard, heard it from multiple people. I want to start weightlifting again. And it didn't like make me mad or frustrate me or anything, but what it did do was make me question like, well, when were you not a weightlifter? Like, in my mind, and this is my own biased opinion, like, once I started weightlifting, I, um, I committed to the sport. And if I took two weeks off, that doesn't mean I'm not a weightlifter. Uh, <laughs> it does, or if I took a month off, which I, I don't think I've ever taken a month off, but um, if I did, I still wouldn't consider myself not a weightlifter because I would be out there doing things um, that would benefit me to when I could come back if I say I was, if I was injured. So to, y- to my question to you is what, like, what does it mean to be a weightlifter? 
Like, what does it mean to, oh, I'm going to become a weightlifter again? What does that mean to you? I liked what you said that once you're a weightlifter, you're always a weightlifter. But I think that what a lot of people that we've seen come and go is they're not weightlifters. They want to try weightlifting. Yeah. And there's people that we know that have come from CrossFit that have come from bodybuilding or powerlifting and they want to try it out and uh, they, they like it a little bit and then they'll they'll disappear because uh, it, it gets monotonous, it gets boring, but that's, if you're the right person, if you're a weightlifter's personality, that's exactly what you like. Yeah. Um, my favorite programs that I've always excelled on are the, are a repeatable program. So it's the one that I'm just finishing up um, yesterday. It was the same program every single week for four weeks. And it has some open-ended sets. Mm-hmm. every. So every day that you lift, you're, the expectation is to go a little bit better than the week before. Right. Uh, but, but if you're really not feeling good, you can pull it back a little bit. So. I like that. You know, um, I, I think that uh, there's we, – we see – I think we see people come in with uh, the physicality but lack the mentality – and then I see, I, I see people come in with the mentality that lack the physicality. And to me, it's always the people that come in with the mentality that, that tend to stay longer or tend to dive deeper into the sport because the physicality will come if you just keep consistent and you keep doing it and you keep doing it. Um, but the idea to uh, start weightlifting again to me is like it's – I, I maybe maybe they're saying it because they're trying to motivate themselves. So, like, uh, what's you know, in your opinion, as a weightlifter, as somebody who's been doing it for ten years, like, wh- where does your motivation come from? Like, wh- I can tell you where mine comes from, but I, I want to hear where yours first. Well, like, where does your motivation come from? I'm kind of. I have. How do I? I'm trying to think how to how to put this. I'll have different things motivate me at different times of my weightlifting career. Yeah. In the beginning, it was like, I don't want to do CrossFit because I don't like running. Yeah. So I want to learn how to become really good at weightlifting. Um, once I did that, it was like, I want to do a competition. So then I was motivated to do a competition. Uh, somewhere in between those two, it was, I want to snatch 200 pounds. Um, I remember the, I think the, six, seven months into, no, I think it was about a a year into weightlifting. I wrote down and it was back when we were still lifting in pounds, 125 (laughs) or sorry, 275, 330. Okay. Those were the the lifts I wanted to hit. And so many people were like, well, you're going to have to be doing this for a long time to hit those numbers. So I'm like, I don't look at it. I put it on my locker. We had lockers at the gym and I saw it every single day. That's awesome. And if you see my garage ever with me lifting on my garage door, I have 155, 185 written on it. Yeah. And I hit that 125 slash 275 pound snatch uh, on the two year anniversary anniversary of me ever touching a barbell. Nice. And I honestly think that if I didn't put those motivational things out there that I was seeing them every day, who knows when I would have got it, if well, I even would have gotten it. Uh, and don't you think that like that's kind of like a double motivational factor because you're like, okay, I have these goals. I put them out there. I hit them. Oh, I get to make new goals now. Like that, that's motivating. 
Oh, definitely. Um, I've got a couple goals going on right now that um, last year I competed a lot. Yeah. I, I competed in 11 competitions. Yeah. Not all of them were sanctioned, but I think six were, five or yeah. six were. Okay. And I was kind of like, I'm not done being a weightlifter, but I, I had a feeling like I might, I'm going to at least take a year off probably. I was traveling way too much. I was gone for over 50 days during the year, uh, mostly weekends. And like, that's a lot of time to be gone from the family. Yeah. And I just didn't want to commit that much to it. Yeah. And uh, my, my wife and family were like super excited that I wasn't going to be gone all the time. And they were still super supportive. Uh, a new gym opened up that I was able to create new friendships and relationships and not have to go travel to build those friendships. Right. So, like, there's still travel trips that I plan on doing, but it's not like last year. Yeah. Yeah. And then just being motivated by them and there's a competition that just opened up a couple days ago and I ended up signing up for that one and like first meet in it'll be almost eight months and compared to have competed like seven times by that time last year yeah so i think it's good to always have something new to motivate you yeah i think you're right there but there's something well first of all my motivation is very similar um i have i i stole the the idea of writing numbers on in your gym um i put it i have a post in front of my uh, my platform and i have my numbers up there and i see them every day I'm not there yet, but I see him every day and I love it. Um, but uh, there's something you just talked about that uh, is a really, really, really big motivational factor for me. And that's the, the community aspect of it. And I think when, when he, people hear community, um, it's, it's a buzzword for CrossFit, right? They're, that's where CrossFit was like the ones that really started to just push out this idea of community. Um, and, uh, I personally, you know, I, I have my feelings about the CrossFit community, but the weightlifters community is something that just aligns so well with me as an athlete, uh, the people, uh, the, um, the different podcasts, the different personalities, the, uh, when you go to a competition, all the, um, opportunities you have to meet people across the United States and sometimes across the world, um, that you stay in contact with. Like I was joking around at this last competition I did, uh, at uh, Rose city over here. I was like, <laughs> I told Alana, I go, I left with like four dudes, phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, no, no, they're, they're dudes. I'm going to like end up like lifting with. But I'm like, I was over there like getting dudes phone numbers like, hey, we should lift together. You should come to the gym. You should, you know, let me come. I'll come to you. But it's like that aspect and everybody was so open and and it was like encouraging. And like I was going into it being like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to have anybody to load and, you know, kind of being a princess about it. Um, But then I didn't need anybody there to load for me. I shared a platform with somebody I knew and there was multiple people within that area that were like, here, let me throw that on for you. Don't even worry about it. Like, and it's that mentality that is behind this ultra, like, I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to dive into something here, but I'm, I'm this dark, like soldier of grit and all that stuff that, that it's not real. 
You know, we're, yeah. we're all people. We all uh, strive to, to hit goals and, and kick ass on that platform. But I just think there's the, the community aspect is such a motivating factor for me. I mean, I've made some of the best friends I've ever had doing this sport. And that is enough right there for me to, to continue to do it. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, that, one of the things that I have really liked doing is traveling to other people's gyms. Yeah. And I, I feel like whenever you, you're the one who does the traveling, mm-hmm. you're always going to do so much better. Yep. And I don't know what it is, but uh, if you ever travel somewhere, like you, you crush it. And to them, it's just like home base. It's nothing special. Oh, someone else is here that's not normally here. But for you, it's a whole new environment. It's whole new eyes. It's the whole new, like, they don't know what I can do. So let me see if I can do something I haven't done before. Well, yeah. And there's the aspect of lifting on a different platform with a different bar. I don't know about you, but it's like the new shoe uh, feel. You know, when you like put on a new pair of lifters, you just lift better that day. Like, Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever I travel to another gym, I just lift better. It's the environment. It's that different barbell. It's like something I'm not like my body is almost like, okay, you need to almost be in fight or flight mode here because you've never lifted here. So everything is, must be perfect. Everything must move better. I don't know. Yeah. You don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't really want to give them a reason to come up and try to coach you. Yeah. And you, you want to like be on point. It's like you're making a first impression. So ah. you want the first impression to be the best. Exactly. Exactly. So, and you also don't want to be a dick and <laughs> like be screaming and yelling and stuff. And sorry. Right? No, you're right. Um, no, I'm, but yeah. you, you don't want to be someone who they're like, Oh, we don't want to have this guy back. Like right. you want to be the guy who shows up and is friendly to everybody and introduces themselves and then go crushes some weights. And they're like, you should come back. And you're like, I live two hours away, but I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see in a couple months. Um, Yeah, no, it's interesting because I've had the scenario where um, I was lifting at a CrossFit gym. And this was before I built my garage gym. And, uh, you know, Eric and and, uh, Donald called me and they're like, hey, where where are you lifting at tonight? And I told them and I was like, come on over. You know, I kind of had like my own little room area where the CrossFitters wouldn't really come into. and then, so I had them come over and, and you know, Eric, he's ripping off his shirt and Donald is just Donald and, and we're taking up the entire room and I'm like going to put my barbell back in, in the little barbell storage area. And I hear the, the CrossFitters being like, oh, the meatheads took over that room. It smells so bad. Like, <laughs> but, but it was that like, was Donald. yeah, that was totally Donald. <laughs> No, but it was, it was like this, wait, we're just over here lifting weights, meatheads. Like it it was a funny little type, uh, uh, look on that. What we were doing to me was, it was so normal. Um, but to them it was like, Oh God, they're, they're kind of grunting and they're look how, look how much weight they're lifting. Like, but it was that, that like really showed me that I need to get out of the CrossFit gyms, first of all. And, um, second of all, like it's this community because like, these are all people that like to do the same thing I like to do. Yeah. It's also shocking. Like how many people will just take you in? Yeah. Um, I've been to, I've traveled multiple times where I, I just, I'm just planning to get there and I'll figure out where I'm going to stay once I'm there. Yeah. And then you, you get there like, you're, you'll be in a big crowd of people and they're saying, Hey, where are you staying tonight? You're like, I haven't figured that out yet. 
And then all of a sudden, like three or four hands go up. Like, I got a couch. I got an extra bed. I got this. And it's like, cool. Yeah. I just saved like 500 bucks for this. this trip. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and ain't that the truth. <laughs> I'm literally still paying off credit cards for the first two years of weightlifting because I was so shy about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, I mean, you make a good point. We're just, it, it's. And I tell people this every time and like uh, Lana was like, why don't you invite so-and-so over to lift with you? And I'm like, trust me, I've invited them over many times and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, some people take me up on it, but some, most people don't. I'm like, come on over, you know, like I open up the garage door. I got neighbors walking by looking and just kind of waving and stopping and talking and music's up and we're just having fun. Um, You know, usually there's been times when I've just like got pizzas delivered afterwards. It's like, it's that type of thing that makes me love being a weightlifter and would, would stop me from ever saying I'm not a weightlifter. And so the idea to be like, ah, I'm going to be a weightlifter again makes me want to call that person and be like, bro, come on, let's get out of that mindset because you are a weightlifter. You've done it for X amount of years. And like, let's just remember, let's remember what it's about. How about let's, I want to remember how to be a weightlifter. How about that? I don't know. No, I, I like that. I think it's also, for me, I have, I've never taken a break. I mean, even when I was injured, I had some re- real bad injuries, literally stuff that kept me from, <laughs> well, let's just say, you know what your coccyx is? Yeah. <laughs> I had, I had an injury to that. So okay. it was, it was hard to walk for a couple of weeks. I can imagine. <laughs> but I was still, I was still in the gym. Yeah, I was still there. I was even though I wasn't able to lift, and I could barely walk. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was still there. I was. That's what I believe being a weightlifter is. It's not just being able to lift the weights. Well, and that's that mentality thing. And I have a similar, uh, a similar story. Twelve days in, and I know this because it's so ingrained in my head. Twelve days in, I blew out my elbow in a ninety kilo snatch. I mean, I'm that thing literally came out. Um, and the doctor's like, you're not going to lift anything over your head for at least a year. Um, but I, I proved that wrong, but it didn't stop me 12, 12 days in most people probably would have stopped. And I'm not trying to float my own boat here. Um, but, um, I think the, the mentality of an athlete, when you approach a sport that hits you so hard in the beginning that makes you never want to stop it. Like all I did was squat for a year until I could get a barbell up with a one arm snatch. And then I was like one arm snatching and people are looking at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Cause I'm one arm snatching a barbell. <laughs> and then I got elbow sleeves and I got the clearance to get two up. And, and, I, and then it's just like fives, tens and started working my way up. And here I am like five years later, I will never not be a weightlifter. Even if I can't lift weights, I'm going to find a way to be a part of this sport. Like if it's coaching, if it's um, doing like food for, for events or whatever, there's just something that is, has drilled my heart so deep that I could never sit there and say I'm not a weightlifter. It, it's, it's crazy. I, I get sad to think about it. I don't know. Yeah, I think one of the other things that I would probably say that causes people to fall away is they don't keep their they don't keep their eyes on themselves. They're looking at everybody else. Yeah. So let's say that like if if I'm lifting with somebody who may have started a year and a half ago or six months ago, they're looking at the numbers that I'm hitting 
on the regular, not excited about it. Right. And they can't even imagine loading that for a deadlift. And I'm and I'm snatching or power snatching it. Right. And then they just are like, "Oh, well, I'm not good at this because you're you're look at what you're doing." It's oh, like, yeah, but that's the worst. But I'm ten years into this, like. When I was where you're at, I was nowhere near this. Let's just keep track on the, like, we want to snatch reds. We want to clean and jerk, like, put that green plate on top of the red and hit the 90. Like, we, that's what you need to keep focusing on. And people, I think, they look too much at what everybody else is doing instead of keeping track of what their own goals should be and being realistic with them. Yeah, I have a, a saying that I use with my kids a lot, which is, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And it, I mean, bottom line, it speaks for itself. We all know what that means. Like just stop comparing yourself and, and just get out there and lift. And, and I, listen, I'm, I'm fully, uh, fully like I compare myself at times too. Like I'm going to complete transparency. When I came down to your gym last week or last, uh, last summer, I was like, shit, man, I better, I better, I better be able to lift some weight with Cornell. <laughs> and you know what we did? We sat there and we lifted 50 kilos, like 50 freaking times, dude. <laughs> and I was like, and I, I remember, I remember going to bed that night. I was thinking about it. And, uh, as your dog was like snuggling on my face, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, and I was like, man, that was such a cool moment because like I was able to just get out there and not be nervous, not have to like prove myself, not have to impress anybody. And we, the three of us just lifted in your, in your gym. And it was just a really good time. And it's things like, so it's like people like you that I've kind of learned that stuff that from, um, and I, man, I, it's unmatched. I gotta be honest. Um, I don't, I don't think I did it with you, but one of the things that I've, been doing recently is if i'm there'll be days where literally i'm just gonna hit 50 maybe i'll hit 60 but it's not gonna be too much yeah and but what i always do is i let whoever's there who's that's a harder set i'm not saying 50 kilos is harder for you right but (laughs) right right um but if i'm if i'm lifting with someone i make sure they take the last lift and it's at least one kilo heavier so i'm like you win today you outlifted me. <laughs> I, like, like I like that. I like that. Well, but then we go compete the next day, and I'm like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to win this competition, buddy. So, uh, no, I like that, and that, and that's some that's some really healthy uh, competition right there. Now, um, in your opinion, this is such a weird one because I struggle with this a lot. In your opinion, when somebody outside of the world, outside of the weightlifting world, asks you, Oh, what are you doing? Or what? Oh, you're a weightlifter. Cool. So do you like, do you like spray tan? Like, what do you tell them? <laughs> I don't get in. I just nod my head and agree with whatever they say. <laughs> when, yes. when they're like, Oh, you're a weightlifter. I'm like, yeah, I, I do some. And like, Oh, what do you bench? I'm like, oh, I'm really bad at bench. <laughs> my best bench is like 244 pounds. Right. Right. I'm like, Oh, but are you better at squatting? I'm like, I'm way better at squatting. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I don't even try to like explain it. I don't try to do anything with that. I haven't had anyone ask me if I do spray tan, but yeah, um, I would probably <laughs> just tell them I just try to get tan. Yeah, no, I, well, you also live in San Diego, so I don't think you need a spray tan, honestly. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I've had that question pop up where they're like, cause I, you know, I, the people I work with look at me like I'm a, a goddamn maniac and I'm, you know, I'm actually a pretty soft spoken kind person, <laughs> but, um, they're like, you know, when I have to explain it to somebody, <laughs> I'm always so like, well, okay, I, I guess I'm a, I'm a competitive weightlifter. Um, I do three lifts. I compete in two of them and that's pretty much it. Now, I think that uh, the whole idea behind USAW is really cool. You know, it's a it's an organization that allows you to feel uh, like a competitive athlete in the nature in which we compete. And where I'm where I'm leading this to is that like we are all amateurs, and there's there's a bit of a, a debate in my head that unless you're on the stipend um, on the the USA you know, team, um, we're all amateurs. And I think that having that kind of humility to understand that you're an amateur and you're going to go to a weightlifting meet and you're going to probably, you know, maybe you could medal and then you're going to look at the, uh, the results and it's going to on USAW's website and it's going to say you're, you're ranked fourth in the nation and you're wet in your uh, weight class. And you're going to be like, Oh my God, I'm wet. I'm fourth in the nation. Like, it's January 14th. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but it's, it can, it can lead to being where I'm going with this is I feel like it can lead to being overhyped and then have this giant letdown. Like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not actually that good. So I'm going to, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go over here, do something else. Um, and I, I would just encourage people not to look at those rankings and not, pay attention to them. I constantly question them. I'm just like, what am I doing? What, what is, why is my name on there? Like, um, <laughs> and I've only been in the sport five years and I still look at myself as, as somewhat of a rookie, you know? Um, so like in your mind, what, where did you, you know, where did you actually look at yourself and say, okay, now I'm a weightlifter. Was there a point in time in your career where that happened? I'm not quite sure. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I still I stumped him. <laughs> I still feel like I've, I've won all but one master's meet that there are to win. Okay. And I still feel that I'm an amateur. Yeah. I've snatched more than almost every CrossFitter I know can back squat. Right. Um, I've I've gone further into sport than almost everybody I know, and I still don't consider myself a professional at this. Like, I'll never consider myself a professional at this. Right. Right. Um, anytime that someone has even mentioned the words Olympics, I'm like, no, you're not. Just honestly, if you're thinking the Olympics right now, just quit now because you're don't waste my time. Right. You're not. And I'm not, I, I don't even care about sounding like the, the Debbie Downer. You're not going to the Olympics. I don't think if you were going to the Olympics, <laughs> if yeah. you were going to go to the Olympics, you would have gone already. Yeah. You're, the people I'm talking to are 30 years old. <laughs> like their, their boat has sailed. They are not going to start this sport now and go to the Olympics. Correct. Correct. Um, but I would tell people, it has changed quite a bit the last few years, but someone who's 28 to 30 years old, 
you stick with this till you're 35, I can, I can guarantee a podium at uh, Masters Nationals. Yeah. Like top three there. Yeah. Because let's say you're 27, you're going to put eight years into the sport and then you're going to go to a Masters National meet. Mm-hmm. You're going to be competing against people who've been lifting for two years. You're going to have a lot more experience than them. Ah, I like that you said experience. Yeah. And if we think of any field that we've, you know, our, our, our professional or our professions in which we work every day um, and anything I do in the kitchen, um, anything I do as a parent, like it's based off my experience. And I think that that's that at that point, we um, I'm not a professional parent. <laughs> I get paid to be a chef. <laughs> So I can call myself a, pro- a professional chef. I've been classically trained. I have a degree. I've been paid. There it is. That's about the only thing I can call myself a professional in um, because of the, you know, being paid to do a, a job. And that's again why I said, you know, uh, unless you're on the stipend, you're not being like if you're being paid by USAW, I think you could probably consider yourself somewhat of a professional. Um, but that doesn't mean you're going to the Olympics. Uh, I I just, I think, okay, so I'm going to tell a story and I will, I will leave the person nameless who told me this just because I'm not trying to be a a complete dick or start issues, but I joined, I got into the world of weightlifting and within the, the second day I was told that I could go to the Olympics (laughs) and coming from an, uh, somebody who has always been an athlete and always strived to compete in everything he's done. I looked at that person and I was wide eyed like a, like a motherfucker. Like I was what? Like I went home and I told my wife, I was like, he, he said I could go to the Olympics. I, I had no idea. And then I started like learning a little bit more. And I was like, Oh, there ain't no way I'm going to the Olympics. <laughs> That was, and then I had a really good laugh about it. And my wife actually still makes fun of me to this day about that Uh, (laughs) as she should. Um, But the idea that like, it's like, you know, when you're playing high school football to think I'm going to be an NFL football star, it's the 1.1 point or 1.000.1% that actually go to the NFL. And like, you just get that out of your head. Cause like you said, it's going to, it's going to, put you in a place where you're not going to be very successful. I think that the the best thing to to focus on, this is going to sound cheesy, but (laughs) the best thing to focus on is the next lift you're about to take. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what comes after that. That should be the most important lift in your life at the moment because that's the next one. Yeah. And if you make that, you get to go up. If you miss that, you're going to wonder what you did wrong and then you're going to start with the self-doubt and how much – like, am I going to miss the next one? Is this going to be a bad day? Am I going to get hurt? Yeah. Um, so I think that it it's just very important to focus on what the next lift is instead of like what the next few years are. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've said this to a handful of people and they're like, well, do you want to go do this competition? Do you want to go do, what are you going to do next year? It's like, I could get hurt tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I don't want to look at what's happening next year. Right. Like I would rather just focus on today and you never know. Like I, I, one of the phrases that I always say is I'm going to keep going as long as this old body holds up. Yeah. 
I, you know, I think it will hold up for a while, given what I know about you. Um, but I think that was a really good way of kind of wrapping that, that whole thing up is, is worry about your next lift. And I think what I'm going to add to that is even if you're not on the platform, um, doing a snatch clean and jerk, keep the mentality, stay in the community, be a part of, you know, your training group or team or whatever, you know, it doesn't mean you have to train, but like stay in it because then you'll, you'll, you'll continue to come back after your injury happens or your heals or whatever. So that was, I like that. That was, uh, that was fun to talk about because it, it's been something that's been on my mind and I've been wanting, figuring out, trying to figure out a way to, to talk about it in a in more of a positive light. And like, if, if you have said that and you're hearing this, um, please know this is all from, this is all just coming from like, you know, couple the, amateurs. a couple, hey, couple <laughs> amateurs. I love it. Hey, speaking of amateur, um, <laughs> I ordered this, um, I actually reordered this thumb tape. It's called uh, Lift RX. Okay? okay. This is like the, uh, uh, the knockoff version of the bros gym stuff. Really? The okay. best adhesive that I've ever, I had to cut it off with scissors the other day because I couldn't like <laughs> rip it off. Nice. And it's like, uh, it was like 14 bucks for a roll of three on, on Amazon, but, um, highly recommend it. Not at all a plug, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> definitely good, good thumb tape. <laughs> I don't know. Just thought. I really like the, the bros. It's very expensive, but yeah, if you, if you save your pennies, get your tax refund, <laughs> order like the 20 or the 40 pack. Yep. And then it's not bad. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's you're going to drop 150, 200 bucks on it, but yeah. they're like 350 a roll. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's on Amazon. I didn't expect it to be on Amazon. The bro stuff, like, but I found yeah. it the other day, and I was like, whoa, that's expensive. <laughs> I'm not going to put that on there. Um, also, I'm kind of cheesy, and I like I like the colors. So um, he and he, I all his is, is like this weird off white color. Yeah, he has white, black, and he does have pink, but they never have sales on the pink or the black. I didn't see it. Yeah. Interesting. And honestly, the black stuff, I've never used the pink, but the black one is almost too sticky. It's stickier than the white stuff. <laughs> see, I like That's that because, be hey, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I, I like I, it. Has to, it has to stick to the thumb, man. I can't tell you how many times that I've gone to touch a bar and I feel that tape move and it just infects my brain. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I had oh, that happen a couple weeks ago. Did you really? Yeah, that's, it, it just sucks. It sucks bad. So next thing I want to do is, is kind of something fun I'm bringing to this podcast, which is called the speed round. And okay. what this is, is I'm going to ask you five questions. You don't know the questions and it's going to be the, your quickest, most uh, opinionated answer. Like I, no need to explain yourself. You could say one word, you could say 10 words. And we'll move on to the next question. Cool? Okay. I'm ready. All right. First one. Shoes. Nike versus Adidas. (laughs) (laughs) Out with a bang. (laughs) Okay. New stuff. Both of them suck. Yeah. I would say everything leading up. The ROM 2s are, I believe, someone asked me this. About six months ago, they said, if you had one shoe the rest of your life, what would it be? And I said, it would have to be the ROM 2s. They're like, you never wear them. I'm like, yeah, I have a pair. I wear them every once in a while, but I know that those shoes will last longer than any shoes that are out there. Yep. 
100%. So I would have to say those, even though I don't wear them very often, and I prefer Adidas, but only the Addy Power ones. Yep. Or the Power Perfects that I wear. The 08s are the junkiest shoe ever. They're as bad as the the 08 with the wood heel. They look kind of cool, but they're I, I I'm gonna piss off a lot of people right now. <laughs> I love it. Anyone who's bought a pair of those in the past year, you're a poser. Oh, ho, ho, bam! Like, yeah, you, you you dropped way too much money on them. They're not good. They don't fit your foot right. Right. Yeah, they look kind of cool but they also kind of look like old man shoes. Yeah. I had somebody, so I have a pair and I bought them within the first year of weightlifting. Now, mind you, I found them for $200. So, I mean, I didn't spend too much money on them. I've worn them in two competitions and the last competition I wrote warm in, somebody looked at me and goes, Oh, you got your uh, tap dancing shoes on, huh? And I'm like, all right, (laughs) those are going up on the shelf. No, I don't like the support of them personally, but yeah. Yeah. I think everyone just likes them because they look totally different and they lie to themselves that they work well. Well, yeah. And the, uh, for some reason, they're priced at like $3,000. Like, what the? F- <laughs> why? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, okay. Uh, next question Eat before you train or after you train? Both. Ah, the good answer. I like that. Now, are you eating big meals or are you like, is it like scaled stuff before or is it just like fucking put it in your mouth? That's what she said or he said. <laughs> it really just depends what I have accessible to me. Okay. Um, I'm not afraid to, I mean, I used to put down two pound carne asada burritos and then go surf for two hours. There it is. So the people I would go out with, they were puking in the ocean <laughs> and I was, and I was fine. Yeah. Um, solid. So, okay. Next question. Uh, energy drink or pre-workout? I'm now pre-workout because I'm cheap. (laughs) You're cheap. It's less than a dollar. It's, it's maybe a dollar a serving. I couldn't agree more. And some of them are, man, I I think they're a little bit more potent. I get, I get a, I I get a longer push off of pre-workouts than I do the energy drink. Also, I I can I mix my own pre workout and instead of energy drinks now I drink pre workout during the day, okay. so I can fill up a shake a shaker bottle to twenty plus ounces and then I've got a twenty ounce instead of like a sixteen or I can fill it with ice and um, yeah I just I prefer it and I can refill it real fast and easy. Well, yeah, and it gives you more control, which as a from the industry I'm coming in, I like control on what I'm putting in my body. Okay, next question. Uh, Knee wraps versus sleeves. What are you wearing? Knee wraps. Knee, Knee wraps. wraps. Awesome. Sleeves are CrossFitters. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And the one kilo ones, they look like cowboy boots. So you look like a nerd. <laughs> they do. Everyone wears them around their calves. <laughs> oh, I used to think I was so cool doing that. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. That's one, two, three, four. Last question. Do you need thumb tape if you are doing hook grip? Well, yeah, if you're doing hook grip, you need to. Okay. There's been certain times where we have like five clean and jerks or five snatches. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, and I haven't put tape on and I don't want, it's normally for clean jerks because I'll wear straps for snatches. Okay. I'll just not hook. Um, oh. I I had to do some deficit uh, clean, clean and push jerks. Mm-hmm. And I had five of them I was supposed to do. I uh, went back when I was doing the AI weightlifting house AI. Yeah. 
and I just decided not to do a hook grip and I hit like PRs in my no hook. Damn. I think it was and up hitting like 148 from the deficit with no hook. I've always Clean. thought that like hook grip is, well, it, it's always been a necessity or just always something I've done. But like, I think the, the people with the, the big meaty hands can get away with not doing uh, hook grip. But it's like, for me, it's like a feel. Like I want to feel that, that, that grip or that I want to feel my thumb under there. It also helps me get my wrist in the right position. I don't know. It's uh, it's a really, it's a good thing. All right, those are my five questions. Nice work. I think we'll probably bring a little bit of that to a couple shows and just have a good time. Now, All right. here's a question. Do you have five questions for me? Well, I'm coming up with them. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Deep dish or thin, thin crust? Oh, thin crust all the way. Thin crust. <laughs> so deep dish is, um, it's a meal and a slice. Um, thin crust, you're allow, you can, it allows you to um, work with a better dough that has more flavor um, because you can proof it for longer. Uh, and you actually get to taste the dough. And that's, what, that, that's my main reason I like thin crust. Um, also, you can fold the slice and eat it. Just like shove it in your mouth. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, Ribeye or tri-tip? Ribeye. Uh, and I say that with um, a little bit of reservation because um, I have been cooking a lot of tri-tip lately and I've found a really nice method, but ribeye has a better uh, marbling of fat, which allows you to have um, a more tender meat. So with the tri-tip, um, I can slow cook it for a long time. And then what I actually do is I'll, I'll cook it at like, super slow on charcoal for like 45 minutes. I'll pull it off. I'll wrap it in um, plastic wrap and then throw it in my fridge and then eat it the next day. And it's the tender on tender on tender. Now, if I want to do that with a ribeye, I'm just not going to get the same experience, but a ribeye is going to be um, the most flavorful meat um, in the moment, like right off the grill. You can, cause you can sear the hell out of it. It has that fat running through it and fat is flavor. I know that's super, you know, catchy, but fat is flavor. So ribeye all the way. Yeah. I like that. The ribeye, if you're going to eat it right now, but I think that tri tip has more, you're generally going to finish your ribeye. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to finish a whole tri-tip. And I think right. that there's a lot more possibilities with a tri-tip later. Yeah. Um, I, I've been doing something recently where I got some of that Japanese barbecue sauce and I had Love some it. leftover tri-tip and I just chopped it up into little tiny pieces and I just did a real slow cook. Mm -hmm. This is leftover that's already cooked uh, on the stove in the barbecue sauce, basically just almost like simmering it. Oh, dude. And then that stuff put that over rice, put that on a hamburger bun. Mm -hmm. I made like four meals out of it. Nice. So, yeah, no, and I'm with I you on that. Just finishing it off with a spoon. Try, I mean, tri-tip is more uh, you, versatile. Like you're not going to make uh, tacos with uh, a ribeye, you know? I'm going to make some damn good street tacos with a tri-tip, you know? Yeah. Like I'm going to make, I could make stew with a tri-tip, chili with tri-tip. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to use a ribeye for that. So a ribeye is definitely a, a single use um, thing, but uh, I might make hamburgers with a ribeye, but still, even then I think it would be a waste of a ribeye. Okay. Morning or night training? 
uh, night training. And I am very, actually pretty specific about this. And the reason why is because of the way my body works. I need to get up and get moving and get blood moving. And like, I like to train around four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon. And I do that because my body has been moving for a solid, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours, whatever you want to call it. It just depends on the day, but my blood's moving. I'm ready to go. I'm awake. I'm, uh, it, it takes, although it still takes me a good 30 minutes to warm up on an empty bar. Like if I was to do that in the morning, my sessions would be three hours long because of waking my body up. And, and, and honestly, like when back in the day when I was like, you know, 30 and between 30 and 35, I would have, I was at the gym at five 30 in the morning and I was just doing just fine. The older I get, the more I realize that it, it, I just need to wake the body up more. And so I train in the evening. I like it. What I used to tell people when I was coaching CrossFit and the six months I did CrossFit, I realized this is that if you were at the 5am class, you're going to be about 20% slower or weaker than if you're at the 5 p.m. class. So true. And I, I tested that out a couple times by taking the 5 a.m. and the 5 p.m. and I would smoke my times. Yeah. So You know, there's one benefit to the morning one is it really does wake you up. But I'm not going to waste, I'm not going to waste a training session on just being woke up, you know? Yeah. So there, there's that. I think that was three. That was three, yep. Front squats or back squats? Back squats. <laughs> now, mind you, I actually have a pretty good front squat because I, my, I can keep myself pretty ver- vertical. Um, but I feel, and this is all up in my head, um, I feel so much stronger on a back squat. I, I can actually walk out of, a, out of like a good back squat. Like after, let me, let me back up. After I get done training, get, you know, I, I'm done with my clean and jerks. I I feel this, like (laughs) this need (laughs) to squat (laughs) my legs, like pulsate a little bit. And I'm like, Ooh, I have to squat. It's like prime right now. And I get on there and I do a bunch of back squats and I walk away from that feeling like, uh, I mean, I could move mountains. Um, now (laughs) I try, so I did a superset and I know I said superset and that's doesn't whatever. Um, but well, I did clean poles and front squats the other day and the front squats just killed me, dude. Like killed me. Um, I've always had a pretty equal front squat to back squat, but I like back squats better. I feel stronger. Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. This is going to be, this, this will be a weird one. Okay. Uh, but I think I know your answer, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, would you rather train alone in your garage for a month or, in a CrossFit gym around only CrossFitters oh. in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, you do know my answer. I would take a loan in my garage, uh, over that any day of the week. And now I will say that there is a level of hype that you get when you're at a CrossFit gym and the music's pumping and, and you got people watching you and looking at you like you're freaking Hercules over there. And you're, you're yelling and you're slamming bars or whatever you want to call it, dropping the bars and, and they're like, wow, I wish I could do what he's doing. There's a feel of that that's like, that's awesome. Um, but there's nothing better than walking away from a session by yourself in your platform where you hit your freaking numbers and you got through it and you're back there the next day. 
that's motivation for me. That's for me. Like if I can do it by myself and I can still maintain a certain level of, of being a weightlifter and still getting the lifts in and still kicking my ass and waking up. Like I, I just, you know, fell out of a, a three story window, you know, the night before, like if I can still feel that and get that in my gym all day, all day, every day. So I, I kind of like that. And you know, it's hard to do. And I kind of like hard things to do. I think going back to the first topic we talked about is that is what makes you a weightlifter. Nah, I like people that. who need to be around people just to be motivated enough to work out. Yeah. Um, who people who can't lift alone. Yeah. They're not weightlifters. Correct. They're, they're community people. They, they need, if you can motivate yourself and you can create your own, uh, like hype in your own atmosphere by yeah. yourself. That's what it takes to be a weightlifter. I like that a lot. Um, I get made fun of a lot as of recently. My, my hype has come from, <laughs> I'm listening to uh, Rihanna <laughs> when I'm lifting my weights <laughs> and like, and then there's, there's a whole backstory to that. Like when I take my daughter to school in the morning, we're like screaming Rihanna songs. And so it's like, it's a weird, like little, like special place in my heart, but it like, gets me pumped up. And so I listen to the funny music while I, while I'm in here, but yeah, dude, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think if you need other people to tell, to make you feel good about the sport, then you, you might want to check yourself or look in the mirror a little bit, yeah. bro. That was a, that was a great show. We're at like 50, we're at 50 minutes right now. <laughs> this is awesome. That was, that was stress coming up with the fourth and fifth one. I was like, <laughs> I oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, trust me. I wrote down 10 questions and I was like, okay, if I, if this one sounds stupid, I'm not, I'm going to go to this one. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, dude. Well, uh, got anything coming up? I mean, I know you got that comp that you talked about last time, but like, uh, just... I got, I got in, you got, I got in. in, you got in. sold out in two days. Oh, I did. damn. Nice. Um, so it looks like we've got a little crew going, so it'll solid, be a good one. Solid. That'll be fun. Um, I, I look forward to uh, watching that. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to stream it. You think? Oh yeah. Okay. No, this is this is the big SoCal weightlifting one. They stream it on Twitch. They have awesome. two normal. Uh, normally, they have two people emceeing the Twitch stream, nice. uh, talking about the lifters and everything going on, keeping you entertained. Solid. And that's, uh, that's July 25th, right? I believe so. Sometime right around there. Awesome. So mark that in your calendar, everybody, because, uh, let's get out there and watch some, some solid weightlifting. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be awesome to see. Um, anyways, man, uh, great little show. Great, uh, great, nice, nice little Sunday. Good weekend. I hope you have a good one, dude. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, you too. All right. Everybody, have a good night. Thanks for listening.